welcome back to another episode of the backlit failures this time you just have me here and i'm interviewing my friend zan trotter who is the owner of multiple companies including probably the largest commercial event photography brand in new zealand uh, auckland weddings new zealand venues he's also a wedding photographer recently also married one of my other best friends amber who is another epic new zealand wedding photographer and today we're just going to chat about his commercial brands his wedding photography uh, and then halfway through we have another one of our friends michael schultz from the hawks bay who is also a wedding photographer for some more general bants and they eventually turn it around on me and start interviewing me so that's about today's podcast i hope you guys enjoy we have some more guests coming on next week a couple that you're going to be really excited about but for now let's jump into season one episode two that doesn't matter oh, what do you want yeah you gotta hold it pretty much like yeah how's that yeah i mean sound good can i can i listen yeah Check, 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 check. Yeah, it sounds awesome this close. Sexy voice. Before we start this, do you want a whiskey? Say no more. Which one do you want? I've only got two. I'll but, take um, the... Uh, this um, one is like 60%. Yep. It's quite intense. And that one, that's my favorite. I'm going to have this one. I'll take that then. You want this one? You did a little segment yesterday with Ethan about new gear that you're excited about and so i brought some gear oh did you which is very uncharacteristic of me because i hate gear but have you seen this no i saw it well i saw it there i was like is that is that mine or no so this is not sunglasses uh these are not sunglasses but speaking of microphones this is a little microphone set oh really so it's like the dji mics yeah but smaller and so you can see the lightning port right here goes into the bottom of your phone yeah just hold that little button and yeah. then you're on into the bottom of the phone and then this guy goes right here oh you turn it on just by holding the little button do they re record internally as well no they don't record internally little blue means it's on and then if you plug that into your shirt you want to do this for this let's just do it just as a comparison yeah why not so I'm recording now. That yeah. was the entire setup. That thing right there is a charging case. Yeah. Got a little windsock, a little adapter for a normal three and a half mil. How cool. It's and then sweet. you can do a side-by-side -side comparison of the audio quality of these really nice microphones. Yeah, I don't think it's going to bode well for Godox. Oh, uh, I don't know. They <laughs> sounded pretty great. They sounded pretty good. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's my gear of the week. What so how it? much was it? Because they've it obviously copied 250, DJI. 250. I was on a waiting list on BH Photo and Video and they just sent it to me last week. So. 250 New Zealand dollars? Yep. Yeah, right. So that's like... Cheap as chips. It's meant for iPhones, you know? It's, it's about a third of the price. Vlogging and Instagrammers, TikTokers. Yeah, it's a third of the price of the DJI ones. Right. You know how it is though. Audio is the difference between listening and not yeah if you open a oh, piece yeah, of content the audio sounds like shit you turn it off straight away yeah so how's it going man it's going you know it's so typical that you'll be the first to start a podcast because we all us. turned 30 in the last few years you 30 many more <laughs> many 30. a great deal earlier than me but i turned 30 like basically a decade ago 
Okay, you're a, you're a late <laughs> a late late to the party, but yeah, the rite of passage is that you start a podcast. Oh, is it? None of my friends actually did, but finally one of them did. You're a walking cliche. Yeah. What are you What are you into? You got your own podcast. Yeah. You smoke meat, motorbikes, whiskey, and craft beer. Yeah. You should start a channel called Midlife Crisis or something. Like maybe Captain Midlife, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a plug. How's that whiskey? Oh, that sounds so gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Are you interviewing me now? Well, you're the proud owner of a, a podcast. You've done exactly one episode. How, how was it? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty casual. We didn't really, it was just like intro, um, you know, who we are, yep. what we want to do. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. I just wanted to kick it off, you know, I've always said, if you want to start something, you know, like a lot of people like talk about doing shit. They're like, I want to do a YouTube channel. I want to be a photographer. I want to do this, but they don't actually take a step. Like they'll plan taking steps. They're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll do this. I'll do this, but they'll never film anything. They'll never take that first step. And like, I'm always telling people, when you want to start a YouTube channel, you've got to just start it because no one's going to watch the first shit anyway. Mm. So it doesn't really matter if it's not good. <laughs> you know, you've got like a few months to go and get better at it. So I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just start a podcast. What's the goal with starting um, a podcast? My goal, I haven't really talked to Ethan about goals, but my thing, I, I don't really, I just want to like inspire people to get going in the industry and like helping people out, I'm not planning on making money on it. I, I mean, maybe it'll make money eventually, but I've, I know about making money from this kind of stuff with YouTube mm. and like ad revenue is nothing compared to other things you can make. And um, I'm not really keen to get sponsors on the channel because I know you can get like sponsors like music Beard and stuff like that, but they don't pay enough to warrant me like selling out the channel and taking up people's time listening to a one minute ad you know what i mean like it would have to be a lot of money yeah i'm sure there'll be lots of uh benefits to having a, a platform like meeting interesting people and having really interesting conversations and learning a lot but really yeah. if if none of that happens if it's nothing more than an excuse to have whiskey with your friends on a Tuesday afternoon, totally. then it's a job well done. It's worth doing. I reckon. So here's to And that. it's way easier. If you have the hierarchy of a follower, probably the lowest value follower would be maybe a TikTok follower or a Facebook follower. And then slightly better than that would be maybe an Instagram follower. And I'm just speaking of how much you should value that individual unit. Yeah. And then it would be maybe a YouTube subscriber and then the actual Holy Grail would be a podcast subscriber because it's yeah. so much of a time demand to consume the content yeah. that if they choose to subscribe, in terms of how much of their attention you have, which translates to how much influence you have and how much money you could yeah. make from that unit, it's got to be the most And how much one. companies care as well. That's true. Yeah. Cool. How good. So, Zahn Trotter, smoke photography. So um, I guess just tell us about yourself and um, your brands because you have multiple brands. The reason I wanted to get Zahn on was because you're not only a photographer, but you have multiple businesses 
the income we're not going to go into specifics but it's a lot higher than a lot of other you know like not just a photographer is what i'm saying so yeah i guess part of the podcast is inspiring people to do um just step out of their zone and like i mean you're like we're hustlers you know what i mean like we get shit done you want to do it and you're like the ultimate example of that so i think for me you've always inspired me with the amount of just sheer volume of shit that you do (laughs) you know and like how successful the companies are so that's the reason i want to get you on and we'll talk about all sorts of stuff but i mean yeah give the viewers an overview of your companies and what they do i've got this friend fraser groot who Ten thousand dreams he's been recording i know how i shot his brother's wedding oh no way uh tom grew right no the other brother oh okay I saw Tom Groot's work for the first time last night. Our friend Charlie, uh, my brother-in-law Charlie, uh, showed me his work. It's insane. He's shooting all these artists uh, yeah. as they come through. I think maybe he works for Live Nation or, or something. The coolest live music photography yeah, I've right. seen in a long time. But I was talking about Fraser. And he's got this 10,000 Dreams thing. And he sits down with people and says, what's your dream? And they let them answer it. Yeah. However, they want to answer it. And he meant to set off and do that every day for 40 years or whatever it takes to get to 10,000. What it actually ended up is that he's just finishing off a documentary right now with the Wiggles. So it led to huge opportunities for him. That was a tangent because the thing with that question, what's your dream? Uh, If I I was to answer that now, I'm totally living it. I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream because I'm really happy in my work. I love the people I work with. Uh, I married Amber last year. Yeah. Uh, Who was also epic. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time hanging out with friends. So I'm completely living the dream. And I guess the businesses are a bit of a vehicle to that because a lot of my friends are the people I work with. Uh, and because I have lots of good friends, I have an army of people to help me in my businesses. Kind of goes both ways. I've got Smoke Event Photography Business. Uh, and I've got Fable, which is the LLC behind Auckland Weddings and New Zealand Venues, which is a marketing business, two websites where we get lots of traffic through SEO, and then we share that traffic amongst all the vendors like yourself to make sure that you can get some clicks to your website, close some deals. And then I've got Zahn, which is my wedding photography brand, yeah. uh, just under my own, own name. Uh, shot weddings for 10 years, maybe longer. I forget that it's 2023, so shot weddings for 13 years. Yeah. And uh, that was the kickoff point for everything else. But now I've got these three businesses that all kind of bleed into each other because a lot of the people who I contract for smoke are wedding photographers because wedding photographers are really good with people. Uh, they're really good with capturing events, obviously, but also events where everything's a little bit out of your control. Uh, and they're seasonal, so they're really busy in summer and they're less busy typically less busy in winter and so i'm able to uh shoulder tap them and and have them help me and smoke my event photography business shooting these cool as events making real painters for them uh by doing the editing so i've got an editing team i've got an admin team so the photographers get to go along shoot a job make a nice hourly rate send the data to us and we look after the rest so that's smoke but that also kind of supports new zealand venues and Auckland winnings because that's essentially a business where we're marketing other vendors and one of the most important things for a marketing team 
is good content. Yeah. And so I'm able to leverage that to support that business. And then the backbone of it all is that I live and breathe weddings and that feels like my baby that I've always had and I'm always going to be shooting weddings. I yeah. can't imagine ever retiring from it because the more I shoot it, the more I shoot weddings, the more awesome they get, the more fun they get, the more the clients are aligned with the type of work I want to produce and I guess the more confidence I have to shoot in a way that I want to shoot. Yeah. I think that comes with experience as well. Like you end up knowing what you want to shoot. You get the clients you want to get just because of the work you're sharing and the price you're charging. And um, yeah, I think weddings do get better the more you do them and the longer you've done them. If you do it right, you know, like you raise your price, you do everything right business-wise, you're marketing yourself right, weddings just get more and more fun and more epic. Yeah, and... It all boils down to showing the work that you want to put out or put out the work that you want to shoot. Yeah. But that is a very uh, idealistic thing to say because really you just want to be shooting. Unless you've got people beating down the door to book you or you're charging a really high price, then really you do accept all the work because you just want to be shooting. So eventually once you've got momentum, then you can start being a bit more confident in the type of work you show. Yeah. Show work that's a bit more polarizing, work that people are either going to love or dislike and kind of nothing in between. Yeah. Because it means there's no longer a sales conversation. It's more, are you available? Yes. Okay, great. Let's do it. Uh, but you, to be even be able to participate in that conversation, you actually have to have enough like work and enough demand because otherwise I understand how people end up in that first few years where they actually just hate the weddings they're shooting, uh, yeah. clients don't trust them. I remember It's that. not they don't trust them, but they don't trust their skill. They don't trust the fact that- they're not charging enough to for them to value what they're paying for. Yeah, and frankly, and a lot of times the client shouldn't necessarily trust yeah, them because they're not good yet. Yeah. Uh, but that's a that's an icky uh, part of the career for a lot of people. It, it was for me, and yeah. I think it was for Amber as well. The, the early weddings is like, you really want to be a wedding photographer, the clients don't want to pay you enough. You don't really deserve enough because your work's not that good. And so it's just a slog. And then eventually it gets really, really awesome. And yeah. again, speaking for me, speaking for, I won't even speak for Amber, maybe she feels totally differently. But uh, that was my experience. And now I've I've just got the coolest, coolest weddings. I love every single wedding I shoot. Yeah. Yeah, you seem to have fun. I do as well. I think we're on a pretty similar page. I think the biggest difference between you and me is that you only have one package, right? You yeah. Have, so you have one package, it's all day, it's one price. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and that was really an intentional when I started doing that in 2017. I have one price, $6,000, and that's me for your day. And that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, no so hours, whether- it's just the day. From getting ready to dancing yeah, and partying. I, even, I don't even go into that much detail. It's more like I want I want the couple to plan their day exactly how they want their day to be. And I don't want them to ever think, oh, I've got the photographer for eight hours, so I've got to make sure the things happen within that yeah, eight make hours sure and we start, do the manipulating, yeah. start manipulating the day to fit me. Yeah. Instead... I want the day to be whatever the day is supposed to be and I will shoot it. And sometimes that actually means I only shoot for nine hours. You know, I rock up at 12 and leave at nine. 
other times I'll rock up at sunrise and I'll leave at midnight. Just yeah. If they want to go for a morning swim or a morning fish, I'll shoot it. But if they want to sleep and I'm not going to show, show up at their house early. Yeah. So yeah. it really changes the relationship where we're both aligned. We both want epic coverage of the wedding. But I basically get to decide when I show up because I'll talk to them in the week before the wedding. What's your plans for the morning? What's your plans for the evening? Da, da, da. Okay. I'll come at 11. Okay, great. Because I've already seen that there's nothing before 11. So there's never anything like, oh, I, I'm going to get enough value out of Zan. They trust my judgment of when it is I should show up and start shooting. Yeah. But in the same vein, if I realize actually they totally are doing a barbecue with their besties at 8 in the morning. Okay, I guess I'm starting at 7.30 yeah, yeah. then. And I'll just take, take that and, uh, yeah, give it 100%. So I don't shoot as many as Amber. I no, shoot of course. 20 to 30. <clears throat> Amber shoots more than 40 but every single one has got 110 percent of my attention yeah and you're doing it's true photo. of most photographers i know but i i can't understate how how uh much of a difference that makes when not a single wedding ever feels like oh i'm slipping in shooting some stuff and leaving it's like no no this is like this is your big day. This is the day that means a hell of a lot to you. It also means just as much to me today. Yeah. Like, I'm canceling everything. This is 100% of my attention. My phone's off. It's just you and me. Yeah. You all and me. But I'm kind of shit talking a little bit, having never actually planned a wedding. No, but, but your we wedding went was... and had the best wedding of all time. And yeah. now I'm constantly using it as a reference point when I'm, you know, talking about how I feel they could make the most of their day i can I constantly reference back to mine which is cool because it's coming from first person experience as yeah. opposed to theory i don't know it feels better having <laughs> actually had an epic wedding myself that i can start uh well your wedding was great because it was apart from a very minor bit in the ceremony <coughs> it was about all of us you know yeah. like it was 20 20 something of us going to america and just hanging out and like celebrating you guys and all of us and just having a sick time. And um, yeah, do you, can we can we put a link to your wedding video in the description? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that because it's sick. Yeah. Anyway, best wedding ever. Never had one like it. Unlike we'll have one again. <laughs> you know, Some of the people. I'm came. sorry Some- if my clients are listening. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know. It's a it's a high bar. A couple of our mates who came to the wedding, uh, wedding photographers, a lot a of couple. them were more than ten, but a couple of them came back and I was like, oh, I think I think I have to quit weddings. I think weddings are now ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's your weddings, and then uh, bringing it back to smoke, you do you have some pretty high profile clients, a lot of big clients, and you're shooting like daily. We like, do um, not you 10, specifically. Ten but, to twenty shoots a week. Yeah, ten to twenty shoots a week, and with a whole bunch of photographers, including me and other friends that we have. And um, but you have dedicated staff too, right? Mm-hmm. How many staff do you have? I've got three, three full time staff. Yeah, like and editing, me, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much full time in it as well. Yeah, it's a pretty epic business. Thanks, man. It's a pretty epic business, and I think that was one of the other things that just trips me out about you is that we can get it's really easy especially for me because of the way I grew up I get quite wrapped up in like having things you know like my car and like I like I'm I'm still in that zone where I like like to have fancy shit 
you know, and I make pretty good money, but you make way more money than me. And you, you know, you're driving okay, uh, around this like Subaru. 2008 Subaru with 300,000 Ks in the club. Yeah, it's like, Yoo! it's so. I call it an entrepreneur mobile. It's so worn out. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, anybody you meet, no one would ever think that you're a millionaire. You know that bus- the the business uh, smoke why it works is because every single person in the chain wins. So what I mean by that is, I am I am taking advantage of my friends in order to make that business work in a way where they win, I win, the clients win, the the clients clients win because we often shoot for event producers, right? Event yeah. production companies, so kind of like a middleman between us and the clients. So we're their uh, photography team and so we are able to provide them with really really good photographers because we <laughs> pay the photographers really really well yeah. and the photographers that we uh, that we utilize are happy to do it because we take all the editing off them we do that and we take all the admin off them so that you can hear from me or from Ezra hey are you free in three days like Tuesday night for what was that job last week monday 6 a.m or something yeah something like that and uh yeah do you want to come along for a couple of hours and make a few hundred bucks yeah and then you just dump the data to us and you're done and it's like a cool deal for you uh and then we've done a lot of admin before that happens in order to be able to put you together that brief that you received the day before and so you just look at your phone okay cool that's what i need to do pack that cool don't and then you can go for the rest of the day and so you're winning because you're getting easy work that's well paid. Yeah, it's it's more than what. Um, it reminds me, I still have to invoice you for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's way more than um, usually make from second shooting or anything oh, like way that. More. Yeah, yeah. But like you make a lot of money, but you pay a lot of money. Yeah, so you're you're winning because you're getting easy work. Yeah, the clients are winning because they couldn't really just call you and be like, "Hey, can you rock up at blah 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 time?" And you're just like, "Too hard basket." Like, I'm not interested in having no. uh, 25 email emails back and forth in order to make that happen no, for a four hour so job what it means is the clients get better photographers because they're getting people who they couldn't really go and book directly uh, you don't market for events they wouldn't know to call you but you're the Chris Turner and the thing is <laughs> they that was gonna come. got to have the Chris Turner shoot their event mm. and uh, so the clients are winning because they're getting better photographers Yeah, and then uh, we're winning because we're bringing it all together and making a profit on all of it. So that whole business works Hang because on, hold, every hold. single person wins. Uh, I'll come. I'll come grab you. Hang on. Is he here? Yeah. What should we do? Just slot him in. <laughs> so I'm just quickly interrupting this podcast because I realised I didn't actually introduce Mike, who turned up halfway through the podcast, coming up from Hawkes Bay to hang out with us at a party tonight. So I just wanted to interrupt and let you guys know that now we have Mike on board and he is uh, joining us for the rest of the podcast. So let's carry on. Something we always talk about is turning up like way earlier. Like if I have to be at bride prep at 12, I'll plan to arrive at 11. Okay. Do you do that? No. No, no. no. Do you do that? I sometimes would arrive if I'm supposed to be there at 12. I might turn up at about 10 past 12 sometimes. Oh, really? I never do that. That's a power move. <laughs> um, that is just like um, 
that's not a power move. That is just a you are a little bit disorganized move. It's yeah. not intentional. But the way I in, never meant to be late, and it's always it can be quite stressful. As long as you don't apologize for it, it's a power move. Yeah, and the most of the perceived. time, yeah, I don't think it, uh, um, most of the time it's fine. Uh, just a couple of occasions, just like those the people that are just so that it's pissed yeah. them off. Yeah, yeah, a bit. I do mm. what you're talking about. If yeah. if it's an hour away, I'll leave two hours early. Yeah. If it's ten minutes away, I'll leave twenty minutes early. You know. Just in that case. Is professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. Dum dum dum. Have you ever been like driving to a wedding and just got in the shits that you don't have, like you've you know that the cards or your batteries or what it's usually cards and batteries that I think I've yeah left. Oh, have you ever like stopped the car and jumped out yeah. and then looked and opened opened up your bag and thought, okay, the cards are in there, the cards yeah. are in there, the batteries are there. You yeah. kind of knew they were really, but you just you just had a like a panic. Yeah, I, know, I, I, I did that thing. exact thing last week. I opened the boot to check if the cameras were there and you were there instead. What? Oh, in your dream. Mm. That make, I think a lot of people have that dream. <laughs> then mm. he st- started. That's not a nightmare. Really. That's a dream. <laughs> we're talking about nightmares. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Now I have a routine that I do now before I leave the house. The only things I make, I think I got this off uh, Captain Lowry actually. So before I leave, I make sure I have my two cameras, my two main lenses. I have memory cards in the cameras and batteries in the cameras. And I like, because I've already, I've already packed everything. I know I have everything, but as long as I have those things, I know I can get through a wedding. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I am pretty, like, my kit is pretty self-sufficient as well. Like, it contains, and I try and prepare all of that, like, by the night before. And it's, like, everything I need to for a whole day um, is pretty much in that bag as well. Yeah. And it's very simple that way. Um, and that, yeah, it's true. You might not have all the little bits and bobs, you know, the extras, yeah. you might not have all that. You may have effed up there, but, like, nobody would notice, really. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. affect you. Yeah, that's good. That yeah, like, and even worst case, I could shoot a whole wedding with a 35 mil. I once shot a wedding with just a 50 for a time. Yeah. Because um, I was just a bit thrown because the bride was really weird about photos, like, really weird. She was. I did an engagement shoot. She was weird about them then. Yeah. She was like weird about affection then, but it was an engagement shoot and that they kind of asked for. Um, and she was the same at the wedding and I was a bit thrown. And for that reason, I forgot to, like they just cut the photos short and I was a bit thrown and I left my camera back. Oh, and I just yeah, had the camera that I had um, on me and I shot ceremony with just ceremony in a church with just a 50 oh in a church yeah it makes it worse mm. but nowadays you can crop in quite a lot but yeah anyway mm. um did we wrap up what we were talking about with you i can't remember but one basically conversation that happened last week with amber is i was talking about how i'd love to i've been looking at um, magnum's work the magnum yeah i know magnum uh i've been looking at lots of their work lately and they're great i was thinking how cool would it be to just have a carry around camera instead of my big ugly professional cameras which is just way too big for anything just a little carry around camera and then i was like maybe it could be a leica and i'm not familiar with leica other than the fact that they're a respected gym brand that's overpriced uh but i started looking at the q2 and i was looking i was in bed having morning coffee and amber was like oh that looks awesome that looks awesome actually maybe you should get one 
I was like, yeah, I totally should. She's like, she's like, how much do you think it'll be? I was like, I don't know, a few grand, probably three or five grand. I don't know. And then I was like, hell yeah. Oh my God, it's got a 28 mil 1.7, which is the perfect length for me. Full frame. Straight fit, full frame F1.7, 28 mil fixed. And it's 48 megapixels and just the dream. And, and how then, much is it, Zan? <laughs> exactly. And then I looked it up and I was like, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I deserve a little treat. I'm going to buy it. And then I look, it's $10,200. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more than my main bodies, my Z9s, $10,000. Yeah. So I didn't buy it. That's why you need an X100V. Yeah, that's kind of like the Leica Q2U order on Wish. That's a bit rough. <laughs> but I get your point. I suppose the thing about the Fujis, I think for people that have like fancy cameras, am I? Okay, sorry. Um, the thing about the... I haven't really shot much with that. I've shot with like shittier Fujis. I don't even have like anything yeah. as nice as that. Um, I think mine cost the one that I use. I paid about three hundred bucks uh, about three months ago. Um, the thing I, I think people that shoot all the time and like are tired of editing is that you can bake in JPEGs. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, when I went so to America like, with him, I, took, I just used my X one hundred. I didn't even edit the photos because it's hard to to have. Um, have like shooting and having a raw not feel like work yeah no exactly yeah well, you, I'll yeah. show you the photos that I took from the states they look crazy and I literally just took the JPEGs off and uploaded them Zan's wedding photos were fucking insane yeah I don't. I haven't seen many of them but they were we've already discussed his wedding oh okay right <laughs> um, but I did see um, a video and I saw was it the most epic um, video you've ever seen for a wedding? Yeah, and also um, skillfully avoided the um, the eye roll of wedding cliche. You know, like there's like a real, I think more even more than photography, that wedding videography can be f- full of cliches. Like same shit, different day. cheesy yeah. and um, dorky. Yeah. So that that was nice. It was like a different sort of edit. It was just like a, it was like a documentary about like everybody that was there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for everything you said. That was nice about my wedding <laughs> and wedding photos and everything. But I remember a conversation with Jared. You know, in my opinion, New Zealand's best wedding videographer, Jared Brennan. Well, he's a bit biased, and uh, I'm very mm. biased. But he is so goddamn good at it. But he had a conversation with me before the wedding. Uh, he was coming as a guest, right? He wasn't our yeah, videographer yeah. per se. Uh, he's like, oh, bro, do you want me to do, do it? I was like, thanks so much. I'd love a video. But like, do whatever you want. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, do whatever you want. No pressure. You can record it on your phone. It's fine. He's like, okay, I will. I will do what I want. And he was saying how he was thinking for a while before our wedding, I want to do a video where it breaks the fourth wall and the videographer themselves mm. become a part of the video. Yeah. And so he did. And obviously he's our mate and he's also mates with all our mates. And so this is, I don't know if this is the first one he did, but certainly the first one he really leaned hard into where he was talking to people during the video. I know some it's people do. It's not often do th- done, is it? It's, it's not often like done. That often they put themselves behind that wall. And, you know, sometimes that w- that w- might be an inter- interview could style could be kind of different, right? Yeah, I just like, delivered one yesterday when it had a lot of me talking to them in it. And they loved it. I, like it was supposed to be, they paid for like a four or five minute highlight film. I gave them a 15 minute film that had like a lot of shit with me talking to them and like turning up 
you know, like I was rolling when I walked into the house kind of thing. And like, yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Eh? Do you consider you, I've never shot with you. Um, do you consider yourself like a shit talking style of, do you know what I mean? Like a shit talking style of wedding um, photographer. There are people who. What do you mean shit talking? Um, Clarify that. Un-PC jokes. Oh, yeah. You may be roast um, people. You might mm. bust out some slurs at times. Nah, I try and, I'm, I'm trying not to insult anybody, even if it's a joke. But I'll say, I'll say rude, funny things, but okay. not about a person. Right. Yeah. But you, but you talk a little. But but you do shit talk a little bit. I shit talk a lot with my second shooter. Okay. That's part of my dynamic. But you don't shit talk to the clients no. directly. Okay. Because no. I I kind of envision that you might shit talk more than that. Nah, I I can be quite like me and. Like we have a game basically with me, like me and Julian, for example, when he's doing video for me, mm-hmm. we give each other a lot of shit. Yeah. Like on purpose in front of people because it makes them laugh. Yeah. And um, like roasting each other kind of thing. Sometimes if like I have like a groomsman that's quite out there and is kind of roasting me. Yes. And it's fun and I'm enjoying it and then I'll roast him back. Yeah. But I try not to actually insult people, <laughs> you know. But because I, I know I know what you mean, like a lot of people do that and I personally... I'm not judging anybody, but I feel like that's too far. Okay. Like, but yeah. it depends on the client and yourself and your relationship with the client. Um, yeah, you know, like I'll make little jokes here and there, but like never anything that would be, that would go too far. Some, there are like, I know I haven't, I'm not like a big one for shooting. I don't shoot with a lot of second shooters. So, um, but I've had some videographers and like there's like there's a and I kind of like reputationally I know of videographers that um they are quite big on the shit talk yeah. as a way um as a way to and I think I could maybe see like wheels turning, maybe. Um, I I can name some that I won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. Well anyway, I just wondered if you were a shit talking. I am Nah, I'm quite respectful. Yeah, I'm generally trying to be respectful. I do sometimes like I do make a lot of jokes but they're not usually at anybody's expense I do no that's what I mean yeah like I never make them at anybody's expense yeah and I really I'm quite good at reading people like I do quite a I don't know why but I still get quite a few like religious weddings and they know because I meet them beforehand and like a lot of them ask me like do you go to church I'm like no I used to now I'm like a hard atheist and they never give a fuck (laughs) But like, you know, but it's about reading the crowd. So for that crowd, I'm not going to be making the kind of rude jokes that I normally no. would, you know. It's so it's surprising it. knowing you as a friend first. Yeah. Thinking about what you must be like in a professional context. It's like, oh, he does have it in him to rein that mouth in. Yeah. And be respectful. If I'm being paid thousands of dollars to be on your yeah. day. I believe I you. I can do I know, it. I know you 100%. I would trust you with a uh, religious client's wedding for yeah, sure yeah but it's just not it's not the real you no <laughs> they still see a little bit but i'm quite good at knowing where the limit is yeah you know what i mean so like i said you know when we're doing like the couple shoot at sunset and even if they're like real religious i'll be you know and they're like you know you get them real close with like nice romantic shots and i'll be like right up there with my 24 and i'll be like oh yeah keep doing it <laughs> Yeah, keep doing that. It's it's hot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
and they just crack up. It was funny, you know. But I'm not saying like rude words or like swear words or or anything like that. Maybe the odd f bomb here and there, but like you know, yeah. it's about it's about getting the interaction and the natural moments. Because if you have to tell people to smile on their wedding day, you've fucked up. Yeah, in my view, you know, you've got to get that natural emotion out of them. Mm. Shit talking is a useful tool, eh? Yeah. To just get everyone to stop taking everything so seriously. Yeah. Particularly in that posy bit. Yeah. Whereas the couple, you say things like, yo, Amanda, your left hand, put it on him, like wherever you want. And then naturally she grabs his ass. Yeah. And they start laughing. And it's not about grabbing his ass, it's about the laughing. But they just, it helps them realize like, oh, this is all just silly. We're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. Yeah, like I'll do that when they when they're like kissing. You know, yeah. you'll be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, I'll give them a kiss, and then they'll keep kissing, and I'll be like, whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Ease slow up. down, ease up, ease up, Save ease up to the marriage bed. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dad jokes. Yeah, right? yeah. a lot of dad jokes, and um, which yeah. are warranted for yeah. me and you. Yeah, that's quite a good treat having you come on the podcast. I do feel like I need to bring it back and just make sure, you know, because I got Zan on the podcast because I was like, you know, he's a powerhouse. Yes, agreed. And do you have any tips or any advice that you can give our listeners that are maybe thinking about getting into commercial photography in particular? I don't want to make this whole podcast about weddings. I'd say the number one way to become a successful wedding photographer or photographer in general is to subscribe to Chris Turner (laughs) on YouTube. That's step one. But step two would be to... Uh, recognize that there is a lot of money in the unsexy parts of the photography world. Wedding photography is kind of glamorous. You travel the world, you shoot beautiful people, you get big Instagram followers, followings. Uh, the same is true of advertising photography. The same is true of photojournalism. These super aspirational things that we all uh, admire. But then there's the unsexy photography which is largely for companies and corporations who've got proper budgets and they need somebody to do the work they need the work done fast accurately they need it done to a really high standard and they're willing to pay for it and the people who are doing that work they don't really advertise like the rest of us do they have the relationships they build their own reputation they get the work and they make huge incomes from it. So to sum that up, really just look at everything except the obvious stuff and look at how that could be monetized. You know, our version of it happens to be events primarily, but every government organization utilizes photographers. Every single company in the S&P 500 utilize, utilizes photographers in different, different ways. Uh, and a lot and of it's not obvious. Yeah, and a lot of them don't know they need good photography until you show them good photography, right? Like, you know, do you remember ages ago when you had that space in the city and you were doing headshots, but you were doing, like, quite unique headshots? They weren't just, like, plain, boring old shit. Remember you were doing, like, Brenizer Method ones and all kind of shit? And, like, a lot of companies nowadays that, you know, like real estate companies and stuff, they have the same boring shit on their headshots and their business cards and everything like that and when you show them like as a as a a consumer of their service 
if I see something like an, I mean, I am a photographer, but anybody you see an epic photo or any artwork in their business, you're going to remember it more. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, there's a big movement away from corporate as a look or as a, as a brand identity and yeah. towards human and fun and, and almost childish. And a lot of the big companies are too big to change very fast, but some of the small to medium companies uh, are actually putting expressing themselves as a brand in much more playful ways than they ever have before. And they're much, like, who thought we would have companies on TikTok acting like goofballs? Big companies that we usually take really seriously uh, are just doing, got their team doing dances on TikTok. And so the permission to be a little bit more modern and a little bit more human and a little bit less corporate that's happening right now. And so when you have young people who know marketing better than anyone really, cause they've got the best grasp on the latest social media mm. platforms, they are actually the ones who have the biggest opportunity to make a lot of money because they can take this new approach, sell it to these companies and help these frankly boomer companies companies owned and run by <laughs> run by boomers come into this new generation yeah. get proper reach in a way that feels more like you, you can trust you can trust some jackass on tiktok a lot more than you can trust a sales page yeah. on a website that's the thought of the day sweet i think that's pretty much it let's talk about you about me yeah you want to interview me i f think that the conversation with Lowry yesterday was with all respect to Lowry, just a little bit of a train wreck. So let's just start <laughs> over and find out what the hell's going on in your world. I feel like someone else wants to be the host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was, what's, what's the, uh, okay. You started this podcast telling me about how awesome I am. Yeah. But it's just, the thing is you are the person who, steamrolls almost everybody else in every area of your life so it's a little ironic you're trying to build up someone else well we are quite similar though no 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 you're the goat okay so you are the chris turner famous in most communities as being the chris turner can you please expound upon that why where did does... that come from okay um so what are we talking where about? did that come from uh that was when i was in the sony store and uh, a guy came up to me i was buying something and he was like are you are you the chris turner on youtube I was like, oh, fuck. That was the first time someone asked to have a selfie with me. It was quite embarrassing. Was, I made this um, like stupid hand movement, you know, like like I was cool like as. you were a rapper. Yeah, yeah. basically. It was Rod right. and Sahil just looking at you like. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. That was in the Sony store. Oh wow. Yeah, in Sylvia Park. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite. Anyway, why are you so famous? I'm not famous at all. <sighs> what do you mean? Okay, you're up to a lot. Just run us through some of the things that you're up to because you're, I think a, you're an impressive individual. I'm only known in photography world, and it's because I started a collective, for one, and I'm a loudmouth. Um, you know, I have pretty strong opinions, right? You yeah. agree with that? Yeah. But I think I'm fair. Um, and I have the YouTube channel. I think I just do a lot of shit. Well, your ability to have an idea and then execute upon it that same day and get the ball rolling and that leads to good things it's, it's impressive and you inspire me that's my skill it's just being able to do shit just start shit like when I started my YouTube channel the first videos are still on they're so bad I know they're terrible yeah 
but like the point was, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And I got better at it. But it goes back to what we were talking about at the start, where it's like, if you want to do something, you have to, you have to actually just take a first step. You can't just always plan everything out. You know, like I bought these mics yesterday. You know what I mean? And that, when we're doing the second podcast today. <laughs> so it's like about just starting and taking that step, even if you don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work, you at least you tried. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't work and you and it's cool you tried, learn something. Like why didn't it work? Otherwise it's a waste of time. Why podcast? Um I thought it would be fun and I, and I do have quite a few connections in the industry. Um you know, just with the YouTube channel and working with other companies and stuff like that and other photographers. So you want it to be a guest based Mostly. podcast? Yeah. No, I already have like six guests lined up. Okay. It's so like Johnny's coming on next week. Okay. A few other people. I've got some people in the States I'm talking to. Because it's handy because I've got the YouTube following already and I've already talked to like other well-known YouTubers in the States that are keen to come on. So, you know, I was like, I already have a, an upper hand to do it. So like, yeah. fuck, I'll just start, you know. Anyway, I might wrap it up because it's been like over an hour. Totally. Last two things. Uh, Andrew Huberman said that the five tenets of a healthy life is eating mostly healthy food most of the time, getting seven or seven to eight hours sleep most of the time, uh, having sunlight in your eyes uh, pretty early in the morning. Yes. Fourth is moving your body daily, whatever that means for you. But the fifth one, and the point I'm getting to, is have people in your life that you see regularly who have your best interests at heart that's pretty important but I'm going to wrap this one up here because it's been well over an hour and that's pretty much it so thanks for coming along Zahn and our guest star uh, Michael well. oh, sorry you were thanking Zahn yeah yeah no no so that is that is awkward <laughs> you had your awkward. you had your awkward, awkward bunch Ethan. you had your acceptance speech us, so. already <laughs> planned out <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Peace. A peace. Peace. It was fun. <laughs>